You are now listening to The Forefront Radio, where we discuss history, the Bible, the history of the Israelites, science, and other matters. Bring it out. The history of the blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans as it relates to the Bible. Who were you prior to slavery? Who were you prior to colonization? These answers and more can be seen and heard as you listen to The Forefront Radio. You are now listening to The Forefront Radio. I am your host, Afiel Levi. I appreciate everyone that's listening to this podcast. I ask that you please subscribe, follow, like, share, comment on this information. And hopefully this can provide information and access to those that have never read the Bible nor studied the significance of the history of the Bible and correlating it with Black history, as well as the history of the diaspora. We're going to get into talking about the 1619 Project and the Bible. So that's going to be the topic of today's discussion, the 1619 Project and the Bible. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and look up what the 1619 Project is about, and then we'll discuss it, okay? This is provided by 1619education.org about the 1619 Project. The 1619 Project launched in August of 2019 with a special issue of the New York Times magazine included essays and creative works by journalists, historians, and artists. The project illuminates the legacy of slavery in the contemporary United States and highlights the contributions of Black Americans to every aspect of American society. In the years since its launch, the 1619 Project and the conversations it has sparked have expanded through new resources including a podcast, a book-length anthology, and a children's book. As the official education partner for the 1619 Project, the Pulitzer Center has provided free curricular materials, hosted open access events, and engaged with educators across the country who are eager to share its perspectives with their students. These partnerships continue to expand and deepen as we support the creation and use of new materials by a growing educator community. Really good info. This is provided by 1619education.org. So now, I decided to buy the book because I know for a fact, based on my research, the truth about slavery. The truth about slavery is the fact that the people that we call Black today, that we call Hispanic, Latino, that we call African, the people that we call the uh, Black diaspora, the people that we call Native American Indians. These are the lost tribes of Israel. Why is that important? Because an entire group of people have lost their identity, their culture, their way of life, 
their understanding of law and order, their understanding of civil law and how they should conduct themselves on the earth. They have lost their original purpose. You see, when you read the Bible, these people that you call Negroes were actually made to rule the world. They had a specific purpose to be the kings and priests of this world. You read the Bible, how it says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the Messiah, but you'd fail to realize that this same power and authority will be upon his people, the remnant, the righteous of his people. So now, what we're going to do, we're going to look at the beginning portion of this book. And then what we're going to do is correlate it with other historical sources, historical documents, and the Bible to prove, without a shadow of a doubt, that this book and this history is important to understanding not only the history of America, but the global slave trade and how this influences and impacts the Black diaspora. So we will be back after this. Haiti. In 1825, Haiti paid France 21 billion. 1825, our people were still enslaved. 1804, our people were still enslaved here in America. The Lord God, redeem us. 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 Slavery, all these nations hating me. Slavery, all these nations hating me. For the coffee and they rice and they beans. Sugar plantation and they cutting off my seams. Wicked white man, French man chasing green. Supply the whole earth and they stole it from my dreams. Words can't explain all these atrocities. But we fit the curse and do the rhyme to me. The Bible talks about a hidden and lost sheep. Scattered across the earth and scattered across the seas. Put on slave ships and sold into enemies. Look up a history book, it's talking about me. We the chosen ones, the Bible is history. This the mystery that's hidden in prophecy. Right in the book they told us not to read. Truth coming out, the truth will set you free. Don't forget your roots, you are the chosen seed. The prophets coming nigh, the prophets is about to teach. Holy righteous kings and holy and righteous priests. Angels in the sky, they coming with Christ the King. The Lord God. Haiti was the first free black country. Okay, go ahead. Haiti paid France $21 billion to preserve its independence. So Haiti freed themselves by way of insurrection, rebellion, as Esau calls it. I call it freedom fighter, right? All right, folks, we're back. Here is a section from the 1619 project that we're going to read. And it reads, a dramatic expansion of groundbreaking work of journalism, the 1619 Project, a new origin story, offers a profoundly revealing vision of the American past and present. In late August 1619, a ship arrived, a ship arrived in the British colony of Virginia bearing a cargo of somewhere between 20 and 30 
enslaved people from Africa. Their arrival led to the barbaric and unprecedented system of American chattel slavery that would last for the next 200 plus 50 years. This is sometimes referred to as our country's original sin. But is more than that. It is the source of so much that still defines the United States of America. You see, the New York Times Magazine, award-winning 1619 project, reframed our understanding of American history by placing slavery and its continuing legacy at the center of our national narrative. Now think about that for a second. Slavery was the determining factor of how America became a global power. Free labor was the, let me, I have to say it twice because people don't put two and two together. Free labor was used to establish a nation, and not only the nation of America, but all the global powers all over the earth that are in order today, that have significant power today, whether it's Spain, whether it's Russia, Ireland, whether it's Arabic nations, the Chinese, all of them had a part in the global slave trade. This new book substantially expands on that work, weaving together 19 essays that explore the legacy of slavery in present-day America and 36 poems and works of fiction that illuminate key moments of struggle and resistance. The essays show the inheritance of 1619 reaching its reaching into every part of contemporary society from now think about this carefully from politics music diet traffic and citizenship to capitalism religion and the democracy it Self. So the entire republic, the entire democracy system of America has its influence entrenched in the transatlantic, trans Saharan, trans Indian slave trades. All this thing is important to understand because there's a race of people in the Bible that are called the Lost Tribes of Israel. And we are going to today dispel the notion that these people don't exist anymore. We're going to dispel that completely and utterly with with the Bible, with documented facts, and with this book. So we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to The Forefront Radio. I'm your host, Afiel Levi. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get deeper into this topic. Put on slave ships. 
chips and sold it to enemies. Look up a history book, it's talking about me. We the chosen ones, the Bible is history. This the mystery that's hidden in prophecy. Right in the book, they told us not to read. Truth coming out, the truth will set you free. Don't forget your roots, you are the chosen seed. The prophets coming nigh, the prophets is about to teach. Holy righteous kings and holy and righteous priests. Angels in the sky, they coming with Christ the King. The Lord God. Haiti was the first us. free black country. Haiti paid France $21 billion us. to preserve God. its independence. Redeem so us. Haiti freed themselves by way of insurrection. Rebellion, as Esau calls it. I call it freedom fighter, right? And they charged them. They said, you freed yourself, but now you got to pay us. Slavery, all these nations hating me. Slavery, all these nations hating me. Just like Noah cry aloud, this right here is going down, but no water's coming down, flame and fire burning down. Hated of all nations, the saints patiently waiting, the synagogue of Satan was paying for all the slave ships. Better get up out my face quick, you racist bastards, amazing. Columbus discovered Nathan, places and plantations, castrated and degraded, forced us to worship Satan. We ain't taking it no more, machetes up in the basement. Spirit of Dessaline, spirit of Dutty Bookman, spirit of Levi, revolution, yeah we get him. 80s chronic status as the Western Hemisphere's poorest nation is due to a litany of afflictions that range from widespread illiteracy to endemic corruption to woefully inadequate infrastructure. All caused by the French. Okay, go ahead. But while these would be hard enough for any country to overcome for more than a century of its existence, Haiti carried an additional but little known millstone the effects of which are still being felt. In 1825, barely two decades after winning its independence against all odds, Haiti was forced to begin paying enormous reparations. That is madness. They was forced to pay reparations for their own freedom. That's crazy. Go ahead. To the French slaveholders it had overthrown. Mm -hmm. Those payments would have been a staggering burden for any fledgling nation. But Haiti wasn't just any fledgling nation. It was a republic formed and led by blacks who'd risen up against the institution of slavery. As such, Haiti's independence was viewed as a threat by all slave-owning countries. All right, folks, we're back. I'm your host, Afia Levi of the Forefront Radio. We're going to get into the chapter of the 1619 Project in chapter one, entitled Democracy. This was written by the author, Nicole Hannah-Jones. We're going to look into this scripture and uh, this book, and then we're going to go into uh, scriptures that deal with this book in its entirety. 1619 Project, page eight, chapter one, entitled Democracy. My dad always flew an American flag in our front yard. The blue paint on our two-story house was sometimes chipped. The fence or the rail by the stairs or the front door might occasionally fall into disrepair. But that flag always flew pristine. Our corner lot, which had been redlined by the federal government, 
was also the river that divided the black side from the white side of our Iowa town. At the edge of our own lawn, high on an aluminum pole, soared the flag, which my dad would replace with a new one as soon as it showed the slightest tatter. My dad was born into a family of sharecroppers on a white plantation in Greenwood, Mississippi, where black people bent over cotton from can't see in the morning to can't see at night. Just as their enslaved ancestors had done long before. The Mississippi of my dad's youth was an apartheid state that subjugated its black citizens. Almost half of the population through breathtaking acts of violence. White residents in Mississippi lynched more black people than those in any other state in the country. And the white people in my dad's home county lynched more black residents than those in any other county in Mississippi for such quote-unquote crimes as entering a room occupied by white women. Bumping into a white girl or trying to start a sharecropper's union. My dad's mother, like all the black people in Greenwood, could not vote, use the public library, or find work other than toiling in the cotton fields or toiling in white people's houses. In the 1940s, she packed up her few belongings and her three small children and joined the flood of black Southerners fleeing to the north. She got off the Illinois Central Railroad in Waterloo, Iowa, only to have her hopes of a mythical promised land shattered when she learned that Jim Crow did not end at the Mason-Dixie line. Wow. Wow. That's just the first page on page eight of this gripping story. You see, folks, people don't understand that apartheid wasn't just something that happened in South Africa. This was something that Black folks had to deal with for decades, centuries, and we still see the impacts and effects of that to this day. How does this relate to Black people? How does this relate to the Bible? Well, let's find out. When you go to Leviticus chapter 26, there are blessings and curses generational blessings and generational curses that the Creator said would happen to the children of Israel. Now let's read some of these and ask ourselves the question, does this relate to the book that we're reading? Watch this. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3. If ye will walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, 
and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield her fruit. These are all blessings that was written to the children of Israel. Verse 6, And I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid, and will rid evil beasts out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. So here specifically, he's saying the children of Israel would be at peace. Now, did this happen to the so-called blacks? No, it did not. Let's find out what happened as a direct result of our people breaking God's laws. Verse 14, same chapter. But if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, you see the pure religion of the Bible is not Baptist, it's not Pentecostal, it's not Roman Catholic, it's not Islam, it's not Buddha, it's not Krishna, it's not any of these evil things that are upon the earth that have caused murder and bloodshed. The true religion of the Bible is the law and commandments and precepts of the Creator. There is a direct correlation of obedience to His law and blessings and disobedience to His law and generational curses. Now let's read one of the generational curses that happened to the children of Israel. Verse 14. But if you will not hearken unto me, I will not do all these commandments. And if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, terror, terror. Terror is the root word of terrorism. Did blacks suffer from domestic terrorism in America? You better believe it. Watch this. It says, Consumption and the burning ague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it, and I will set my face against you, and ye shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you, they that hate you, they that hate you shall reign over you. What are we reading? The Bible. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursue you. Now let's go back to the page that we just read in the 1619 Project, and let's read. White residents in Mississippi lynched more black people than those in any other state in the country. And the white people in my dad's home county lynched more black residents than those in any other county in Mississippi for such crimes as entering a room occupied by white women, bumping into a white girl, or trying to start a sharecropper's union. My dad's mother, like all the black people in Greenwood, could not vote, use the public library, or find work other than toiling in the cotton fields or toiling in white people's houses. So we're reading from the 1619 Project, and what we're doing is showing the direct correlation between biblical prophecy and historical fact. This is why many people do not want to talk about critical race theory, the 1619 Project, because it will expose the truth about slavery. But guess what? The jig is up. 
We got historical evidence. We got the Bible and we're not afraid to use it. (laughs) Page nine of the 1619 Project. So when I was young, that flag outside our home never made sense to me. How could this black man, having seen firsthand the way his country abused black Americans, the way it refused to treat us as full citizens, proudly fly its banner? My father had endured segregation in housing and school, discrimination in employment, and harassment by police. What are we reading? The 1619 Project. Let's go back to Leviticus chapter 26 and verse 17. And I will set my face against you, and he shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and he shall flee when none pursueth. Let's look at another generational curse in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and we're going to read verse 48. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 48, and it reads, Therefore thou shalt serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he has destroyed thee. The Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle, as swift as the eagle flieth, a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Now question for the listener. What was the symbol of the Romans? The eagle. What was the symbol of Spain? The eagle. What was the symbol of the French? The eagle. It seems to me that many European nations love to use the eagle as their symbology. And the greatest nation, make America great again, the greatest nation that has committed the most atrocities out of them all is the United States of America. What is the symbol of the United States of America? Check the back of your dollar bill. Check the United States Postal Service. Walk into any federal building and look on top of the flag. You have the symbol of an eagle. This nation had no remorse and discriminated against its citizens. Although these citizens raised the flag of freedom, they in their own country, these citizens were treated as denizens. They did not have freedom. Full citizens had the right to housing, education. Full citizens had the right to choose employment opportunity and entrepreneurship opportunities. Full citizens were not harassed by the soldiers and the military arm of the government known as the police. The roots of the police stem from the roots of slave catchers. And when you look still to this day, you have reports of many people that are discriminated against solely for the fact that they're black. 
Let's read the Bible again. Therefore, shall thou serve thy enemies. Who is this talking about? Who was forced to serve? Who was enslaved? Who was forced to become lost on this earth where they lost their identity, lost their culture, and they don't know who they are? And they have to serve not their friends, but those that do not have their best interests at heart. For simple things such as toilet paper. Imagine having to serve another group of people to be able to wipe your rear. Imagine having to serve another group of people for basic necessities such as food, water, clothing. What are we reading? The Bible. This relates to the 1619 Project. Let's continue. Next paragraph. I had been taught in school through cultural osmosis that the flag wasn't really ours, that our history as a people began with enslavement and that we had contributed little to this great nation. It seemed that the closest thing Black Americans could have to cultural pride was to be found in our vague connection to Africa, a place we had never been that my dad felt so much honor in being an American struck me as a marker of his degradation, of his acceptance of our subordination. What does this call in terms that we can understand today, folks? This is called Stockholm Syndrome. A lot of Black folks, a lot of Latinos, a lot of Africans, a lot of people in the diaspora suffer from Stockholm Syndrome. They have accepted colonization. They have accepted subordination. They have accepted to be less than. What are we going to read next? Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 68. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, Thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you, meaning no man will redeem you. So the original position that the children of Israel were, where they lived in Northeast Africa, was the fact that they were owned and oppressed by people that used to be their friends, the Egyptians, the black Egyptians enslaved the black Hebrews, the black Israelites. And what ended up happening was God took them out of Egypt and said, look, listen to my law, follow my ways. Here's your constitution on how you direct yourself as a nation of people. If you follow my laws, I'm going to set you up as, a, as the kingdom of heaven on earth. You're going to be the kings and priests designated to instruct these nations away from wickedness, away from following after the ancestors that were destroyed after the flood. But we did not hearken. We did not listen. Because of this, he said, you're going to go back into the house of bondage, Egypt again with ships, with ships. So now question, 
What was the mode of transportation that so-called African-Americans came to the Americas? The Haitians, the Jamaicans, the Puerto Ricans, the Trinidad and Tobago, the Panamanians, the Brazilians, the Ecuadorians, the Afro-Mexicans. How did they come to this side of the earth? Was it a yacht? Was it a UFO? Was it a, a sports, uh, 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 what do you call that? A sporting ship, you know, those speedboats. No, it was a cargo slave ship. So we're reading the Bible and we're directly correlating it with the 1619 Project, a historical book. If this doesn't increase your faith in God, I don't know what will, because we call it history and the Bible calls it prophecy. We're reading something that was written and documented thousands of years before it happened. And you have to be intellectually inept if this doesn't make sense to you. I can't make you understand this. You have to understand history and you have to be able to read and your eyes have to be open to this world. God has to allow you to understand this information because if it doesn't make sense, I can't help you. This is for those that are searching for truth and searching for a better way to live in this world and understanding and making sense of the atrocities that we have faced here in the United States. This makes sense and answers the question, why did we, out of all the nations of the earth, go into a global holocaust? Next paragraph. Now, this is the culmination of everything that we're going to get into. This is going to be the main point backed up with the Bible and backed up with this historical book. 1619 Project, chapter entitled Democracy, page 9. In August 1619, just 12 years after the English settlement, Jamestown, Virginia, one year before Puritans landed at Plymouth, and some 150 years before English colonists here decided they wanted to, be, to form their own country, the Jamestown colonists bought 20 to 30 enslaved Africans from English pirates. The pirates had stolen them from Portuguese, Portuguese, Portuguese slave ships who was, uh, whose crew had forcibly taken them from what we now know today as the country of Angola. Those men and women who came ashore on that August day marked the beginning of slavery in the 13 colonies. 
that would become the United States of America. They were among the more than 12.5 million Africans who would be kidnapped from their homes and brought in chains across the Atlantic Ocean in the largest forced migration in human history until the World War II. Almost 2 million did not survive the grueling journey known as the Middle Passage. Before the abolition of the international slave trade, more than 400,000 of those 12 million enslaved Africans transported to the Americas could, would be sold into this land. Those individuals and their descendants transformed the North American colonies into some of the most successful in the British, French, and Spanish empires. Through back-breaking labor, they cleared territory across the Southeast. They taught the colonists to grow rice and to inoculate themselves against smallpox. After the American Revolution, they grew and picked the cotton that at the height of slavery became the nation's most valuable export. Accounting for half of the American goods sold abroad and more than two-thirds of the world's supply. They helped build the forced labor camps, otherwise known as plantations, of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison. Now watch this, folks. That ain't all. So we read out of the 1619 Project how they, the English uh, slave traders got slaves from the Portuguese. Now I have another book entitled The Portuguese in West Africa, and I'm going to read a section out of this book. This is from the introduction section of the book entitled The Portuguese in West Africa, 1415 to 1670, A Documented History. This is by Cambridge University Press. So no one can say that this is just rhetoric. There were also frequent disputes with the bishops who accused the islanders of being new Christians or crypto Jews. Hmm. Wait a second. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Let's jump up a little bit. Let's jump up. Let's see right here in the bottom of the paragraph on page 14. It says this. Both of which were made up representation of the local Afro-Portuguese families. Creole Saitome had a certain dynasium and expanded its commercial activity in all directions. Traders from San Tome were active along the African seaboard from Elmina to the coast of modern Angola. Angola. So we just read in 1619 Project that many slaves were taken from Angola. Now we're reading about the Afro-Portuguese and these Afro-Portuguese were called crypto-Jews, new Christians that were forced 
by the Catholic Church to convert to Catholicism. These Negroes, these Afro-Portuguese families, were kicked out of Portugal, sent to San Tomé, sent to Angola, and later on, the Catholic Church authorized that all Jews, Moors, and infidels would be forced to become slaves. This is the hidden part of history that folks just don't know. They just don't know. Let's go to another Bible verse to prove this point. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 64, it says this, And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people, from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. The religions of wood and stone represent the Roman Catholic religion and also the stone religion of the Arabs, which is Islam the wooden cross, and the stone Kabbalah, the stone Kaaba stone, right? The children of Israel would be scattered. This is where we get the word diaspora, which means dispersed. These are the groups of people that were dispersed or scattered among all races of men, among all people. They were brought from one side of the earth to the other side of the earth, from West Africa, Central Africa, South Africa, East Africa, all the way up to Brazil, to the Caribbean islands, to the Americas, from where we read just now in the book, Angola. These same people were called crypto-Jews by the Catholic Church. What are we proving? That the Blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans are the Israelites of history. I have a book. This book is by Harvard University. This book is called Black Jews in Africa and the Americas. So now let's read out of this book. We're going to read about the many of the Jews that were Black Jews of Portugal. Let's read page 136. The descriptions of black Jews living in West Africa go back to John Ogilvy, 1600 to 1676, the English translator and publisher whose works range from translation of Homer to his famous series of books on geography. He noted of the coast of Guinea, many Jews also are scattered over this region. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Many Jews also are scattered over this region. Some natives boasting themselves of Abraham's seed, inhabiting both sides of the river Niger. Others are Asian strangers who fled hither either from the desolation of Jerusalem by Vespasian or from Judea wasted and depopulated by the Romans, Persians, Saracens, and Christians. Similarly, there are scattered references to black Jews in Portuguese territories in West Africa. Man, this is important, folks, because we just read a Bible verse and we have a historical book by Harvard University 
proving our point. Let's read this verse in the Bible again. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 64. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even to the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. Let's read this page in the book called The Black Jews in Africa and the Americas, page 136. Many Jews also are scattered over this region. Some natives boasting themselves of Abraham's seed. The top of the paragraph, descriptions of black Jews living in West Africa go back to John Ogilvy, 1600 to 1676, the English translator and publisher whose works range from translations of Homer to his famous series of books on geography. Let's jump down. Others are Asian strangers who fled hither either from the desolation of Jerusalem by, by Vespasian or from Judea, wasted and depopulated by the Romans, Persians, Saracens, and Christians. So this is telling you that the Europeans, the Arabs, the Romans, all, all these nations had a part in the scattering of the black Jews of Portugal. I can read more. Let's, let's continue and read more. Friedrich Radzl described them as Mavumba, renowned as potters and smiths, to whom some assign a Jewish origin. Jews expelled from Portugal, being alleged to have settled at Sao Tome and to have sent a branch this way. Continuing further on, part Jewish descent who were originally expelled from Portugal in considerable numbers following the expulsion of Jews from Portugal in 1497. In 1601, the Portuguese crown gave orders permitting Jewish merchants based, ma based mainly on Cape Verde Island to settle and trade along Senegambian and Upper Guinea coasts. Soon, Jews were working as trade factors along the coast and even the interior among the Wolof and other African communities. They were traded for slaves, wax, gum, ivory, and gold. In Senegambia, a number of conversos, these are forced Jewish converts into Christianity, took advantage of the distance from Portugal to return publicly to their ancestral faith. So this is where, why we read in the uh, book called The Portuguese in West Africa that these people were crypto-Jews. They tried to hide the fact that they were Israelites due to the fact that there was severe persecution by the uh, Roman Catholic Church, the uh, Arabic Islamic uh, institutions, and all of these things. Watch this. After they returned to their ancestral faith, it says this, a village of 100 Portuguese who followed the laws of Moses. These Jews, some mixed of uh, Portuguese, African descent, some with African wives and servants who often engaged in the uh, import of swords. 
the descendants of these Jews and other Portuguese emigres of Cape Verde, of Cape Verde Islanders and of West Africans develop a culture that was itself a synthesis of African and European elements. This is the book entitled Black Jews in Africa and the Americas. So what is the correlation that we can conclude with today? The Bible predicted that the children of Israel would be scattered into all nations via slavery. The Bible predicted that they would serve, that they would serve these nations and follow after their religious ideologies as Christians, as Muslims. It is all throughout the Bible that you will find this information. You could go to the book of Joel, where it talks about who specifically was involved in the slave trade dealing with so-called African-Americans. And we read the 1619 Project, which verified that the first group of slaves came from the Black Portuguese that were taken from Angola. What we're doing is cross-referencing. We're precepting upon precepting. We're getting information from historical sources. We're getting historical information from the Bible and matching up biblical prophecy with historic fact. Let's go to Joel chapter 3 and verse 6. It says this, The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have ye sold unto the Grecians, that ye might remove them far from their border. So the, so the Arabs, the indigenous Hamitic tribes, and the Grecians, who are those today? Those are the people of, the, of European descent, of Arabian descent, and African Nilotic tribes from Ham. So now we, we see here that these black Shemites, these black Israelites, were sold, the children of, of Judah and the children of Jerusalem, were sold to the Greeks. Now, everybody that has common sense knows that most Greeks, the majority of them were Caucasian peoples, and that the Greco-Roman Empire Hellenized the entire world by forcing them to become Greek citizens. Such is the same case today. America has now assimilated all these Blacks, all these Latinos, all these Native American Indians, and have amalgamated them into a new non-existent race called African-American, called Afro-Latino, Afro-Peruvian, Afro-Brazilian, Afro-Mexican. These things never existed prior to the 1400s. These nations were not, these groups of people were not called these titles, like black. That's the color in a crayon box. That is a color. There is no particular island, city, country, continent on the entire planet called black. So anyone with common sense would say, who were they prior to slavery? Who were they prior to colonization? Has no one had critical uh, 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 thinking skills throughout all this time? Why is this information hidden? It is because there is an agenda to block you from knowing the truth, because the Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So that's it for today, folks. This is the correlation between the 1619 Project and the Bible. We read uh, from the 1619 Project, 
written by Nicole Hannah Adams. Um, this was provided by the uh, New York Times, and it is a winner of the Pulitzer Prize. We also read excerpts from the book called The Portuguese in West Africa, 1415 to 1670, edited by Melaine Newitt. We also read the book by Tudor Parfait, or Parfit, provided by Harvard University, Black Jews in Africa and the Americas. We read from the King James Bible, 1611 version, provided by Cambridge University. All this information is documented. All this information is the truth. So for those that feel overwhelmed by this information, you must understand the importance of this truth. The truth does not fear investigation. This information should not cause uh, consternation or frustration. It should be a liberating factor to those in the diaspora and an understanding for those outside of the diaspora, those other nations involved, to accept the consequences that have occurred due to the actions of ancestry. There must be a level of accountability where we reach out now to these different people and acknowledge, yes, you are the chosen people of God in the Bible. Yes, you are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Yes, you are the, the particular group that was established to be the, the king of king's people. Jesus the Christ came to set the captives free. We're going to read that verse, and that'll be the last scripture for this podcast for today. Isaiah chapter 61. What was the purpose of the Messiah? What did he come for? What was his purpose on the earth? The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. This is going to give the Most High all the glory because now you have acknowledged the truth that the Messiah is going to save his people, the brokenhearted, the downtrodden, the oppressed, and give liberty to the captives. You have listened to the Forefront Radio. Please do share this information. Please contact us on, uh, on the uh, Forefront Express on social media, on Instagram. If you have any questions that you liked answered or if you want more resource, resources as far as book references to go to, please comment on this on uh, Facebook on uh, YouTube and other areas. So that way this information 
their algorithms can be used to get more uh, uh, listeners that are interested in this content. I appreciate everyone that tuned in and thank you for taking the time to be a supporter. And we appreciate all the listeners. You are our friends and companions in the truth. Thank you. I asked what's happening for a black man. They said Wakanda. I thought about it. I said Wakanda. It is separated. Never to be colonized. But Christ ain't to chalicize. Anybody who challenged dies. This kingdom ain't visible to the naked eye. And with your mind, you can make a spaceship fly. Our women in order, but they ain't warriors. No bald head, even them locks is glorious. No purple flower for power, that world is ours. Times got dark as the Middle Ages, but brighter over time like Vitilago, the Renaissance, but with nigger faces. Family photos whitewashed like the dinner place get. The moon phases to me symbolic for entertainment. Cause waxing great isn't little waning, it's a demonstration. It's boost the pavement with no thanks and little payment. I look to the hills where my help from. I just wanna hear welcome, well done. Ooh, I wanna hear welcome. Uh, I'm reading scripts out the mouth of God, reading lips, fingerprints on Ephesians 6. Uh, the kingdom of the 12 invisible, since it's within you. Best believe that purple rain when the princes assemble. Traumatic slave genes in my body, though. Most black folks deal with spirits like Diageo. Our OGs had no vision, just the audio. They all lost that love and feeling like it's hauling notes. We bring that word to your door like a paper boy. How come when it's time for war, y'all ain't making noise? Like yelling underwater, doing Panama. Without the law, y'all niggas soft like dandelions. Cars get pulled like hamstrings and all-nighters. Me and my Ruben Knight, we tag team like Paul and Silas. I'm playing Game of Thrones, waiting in the danger zone. The earth is our turf, even the way is home. I look to the hills, where my help from. I wanna hear, welcome, well done. Cause when them horns get the blowing, my Lord get the smiling and them tears start flowing. Zion right over horizons and the gates start to open. The crowd's so excited. Everything I'm holding deep inside, I can let go of in the twinkling of an eye. I'm a titan of a soldier. Angels fly over my shoulder. Same color as Godiva. God, I dive into your presence. Feel your effervescence. All up in your essence. This is what I... This is what I held for in the belly of that jail torn hell born hell storm maelstrom. Now I'm standing with my prayers gone. Gabriel get a lot of fair warning when I see I'm going airborne. I'm beside myself, me standing next to me. He got it all on lock. Give me an extra key. I know where my land at. That's trajectory. Just listen to what he said to me. I look to the hills where my help from. I just want. Tune in to the Forefront Radio. 
www.anchor.fm slash the forefront. Listen every week on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, and many other platforms. Hey, my friend, you have just listened to The Forefront Radio. Please leave your comment and input about the show, what you like about the show, as well as any general feedback on ways to improve. We need your help to acquire new equipment to implement studio-quality video and audio to our friends. Contribute as little as $4.99. It's only worth a cup of coffee. Then we can produce documentaries, more episodes, and great info for the diaspora. Go to Cash App and enter A-P-H-I-E-L-L-E-V-I to donate to the Forefront Radio to cover our advertising costs and reach more people. Catch our next episode on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, anchor.fm slash the forefront. Always remember, the truth shall liberate the mind. Peace to the heirs of promise and the heritage of the scattered 12 tribes.